Hello and welcome back to the Real Talk podcast, where we talk about things that you should have learned in school, but didn't. I'm your host, Victoria, a teen librarian from Connecticut. This is the extension of a program that I do with my teens called Almost Adults. Disclaimer, I am not a professional on these topics. The things that I talk about are from my own research and my own personal experience. So if you have any extra tips and tricks or any extra knowledge on the topics that we talk about, feel free to leave them in the comments. I'm sure they'll be super helpful for a lot of people. On this episode, we're going to be talking about saving money. These are real tips that have helped me and people I actually know actually save money and be smart about their money. So I feel like when people talk about saving money or start thinking about money saving and what that entails, a lot of people start off by thinking about credit cards. While credit cards can be great, they're very slippery slopes. They're super great for building credit, obviously, but it's a you have to use them in a safe way and only charge things to them if you have the money to pay it off immediately after you use it. Everybody, as soon as they turn 18, can sign up for a credit card. However, speaking from personal experience, it's probably not the best idea to get one right when you're 18 until you start creating smart money saving and smart money spending habits. Because most people, when they get a credit card, they think, oh cool, free money. Swiping a card is great because you don't see the money leaving your account and even with credit cards you don't have money on a credit card that's just money that you will pay back later and pay back with interest which means you will be paying more for the things that you're buying by using your credit card if you want to use a card instead of using cash i know not a lot of people carry cash anymore Getting a debit card is much safer because most debit cards these days link right up to your checking account and you can use them as a credit card. So you can use them as a visa to do a visa charge, but instead of it charging you as a credit card, it just takes that money directly out of your bank. That's what I use. It's a, You just have to really make sure to keep checking your account because again, when you're handing that money to somebody and you're not getting a lot of money back or you're not getting any money back, that hurts a lot more than just swiping a card. And it's really easy to swipe a card and forget about it. So if you're going to use a credit card or a debit card, please make sure that you're checking your account frequently. I tend to check mine almost every single day. You never know when secret mysterious charges that you don't remember making will find its way onto your credit card or your debit card. So while credit cards can be great, please, please be careful with them. Now, if you're not quite sure what a debit card is, it's basically the same thing as a credit card, but like I said, it takes money right out of your checking account instead of charging it to be paid back later. Um, Speaking of checking accounts, if you have one, that's amazing. If you have a checking account but not a savings account, definitely consider opening a savings account. They're usually free to open. Sometimes they make you put in 
a certain amount of money to keep it open. Um, Sometimes it can be as low as $25. Sometimes it can be a couple hundred dollars. But it's good to get into the habit of paying yourself first. What that means is once you get your paycheck, putting the money that you want to save aside either into your savings account or into another type of high yield savings or, you know, whatever, that's completely up to you. As soon as you get your paycheck, deposit whatever amount of money that you want to save for yourself and put it directly into your savings. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Just put it directly into your savings account before you even look at your bills or anything else. It's important to pay your bills. It's very important to have an emergency fund. If you have money set aside for big emergencies like your car breaking down or like you mysteriously lose your job and now all of a sudden you can't pay your phone bill. That fund, all that money that you have set aside in your savings account, that's exactly what that's for. Having that little bit of buffer is super, super helpful and will help you be much more relaxed about your money in the long term. So the savings will be for the money that you are saving and your checking account can be for spending money or Again, like I've said before, it hurts more to give cash away than it does to swipe a card. So take that money out of your checking account and use cash. It will help you save money, I promise. (laughs) Another thing about having a savings account is it's nice to have goals. Hitting goals feels really good and it will help entice your brain to want to save more. So if you have a set goal for your savings, some people make it as little as $500. Some people want to get up to like three or $4,000. Either way, having a goal will help you want to save more. Something else that has helped me with saving money is tracking your spending. Now, all of the money tracking apps that they have out there and the budgeting apps that they have out there are great, but I personally never remember to use them. So if that helps you, that's amazing. But if you just use the notes app on your phone and every single time you spend something, you get into the habit of opening up your phone, opening up the notes app and just typing in American Eagle, $120 or five guys, $25. Having that list of what you realistically and what you actually spend every month instead of trying to make your budget and then going, "Mm, I think I spend this much money on going out to eat or I think I spend this much money on Dunkin' or I think I spend this much money on clothes every month. You need to look at that and realistically understand where your money is going before you make your budget. That will help you set realistic goals and it will help you just Knowing where your money's going is really helpful. Not a lot of people really understand where their money is going. Also, a side note, a lot of stores and companies offer things like student discounts, so it never hurts to ask if you're a college student. If you are currently in the military or were in the military before, a lot of stores also offer veteran discounts. So asking if stores offer student discounts will also help you save money, obviously. (laughs) Now, when I say this next part, it might sound like a boomer thing and like I don't know what I'm talking about, 
I'm not a boomer, by the way. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but I am only 27. <laughs> I'm not saying you can't go out and do things like going to eat at a restaurant or going to the movies. Again, obviously, once COVID is over. But limiting yourself to once or twice a week. Say, I'm going to only order delivery once a week. I'm only going to go out to the mall once a month, two times a month, something like that. Limiting yourself and not putting yourself in situations where you can spend money is one of the best ways to not impulse buy. I am an impulse buyer. I will admit it (laughs) before anybody else does. Not putting myself in those situations is super helpful. So having limits for myself, like, okay, I got delivery three days ago, so I'm going to wait until next week to get delivery. Having the, we have food at home, talk with yourself is not fun to do when it's you telling yourself that you have food at home, but it really does help. Now, if you do take my advice and start paying for things only in cash, you're going to end up with a lot of change. A lot of loose change, a lot of dollar bills, a lot of fives. You're going to end up with a lot of small change. Something that has helped me in the past is getting a huge jar or a big Tupperware container or if you get like the water delivery, the five-gallon jugs, putting one of those aside and dumping all of your change in it and all of your singles in it. At the end of a few months, you would be extremely surprised at how much it adds up to. One of those containers of like mixed nuts, the medium-sized ones, in just change can be upwards of like four or five hundred dollars. So keeping your change all in one spot, watching it add up, and then bringing it to a bank or bringing it to a coin star and seeing how much it adds up that's a great way of paying yourself, your future self back for the spending that you're doing now. Something that I think a lot of people don't realize is you don't have to work full time to make money. Things like babysitting, things like doing chores, pet sitting, tutoring, proofreading and editing, things like, you know, your friend's papers or papers from kids from other schools, blogging, starting a YouTube channel, streaming video games. Most of these last ones are just if you're 18 and over. Please read the law and don't disobey the law. But a lot of these things don't take a ton of time and effort. You can do them on your own schedule and you can make a decent amount off of it. I know a lot of people who used to babysit even just for family charge 10 bucks an hour per kid babysitting for three or four kids that's a decent chunk of change just for an afternoon of babysitting and the parents are going to super appreciate it there are a lot of people that make full-time wages by babysitting so you don't have to work full-time to make decent money if you do want to get a job there are so many places that look for summer help again covid willing (laughs) Getting a summer job is only for a few months. It looks amazing on resumes. And you don't have to work full-time at a summer job either. A lot, a lot, a lot of jobs hire for seasonal positions. Things like restaurants will are always looking for summer help. Again, 
because of COVID, I'm not sure exactly how that's going to look this summer. However, I'm sure there will still be places hiring for seasonal help. I've talked about being an impulse buyer. If you are an impulse buyer, like I am, leaving your cards in the car and only taking cash in is a great way to make sure that you literally cannot spend more than you want to unless you really want to run all the way back out to the car to grab your cards and then run all the way back in. And by then, your brain is probably going to tell you that it's not worth getting whatever it is that you wanted immediately. It's very difficult to overspend when you're handing away your money and you're not getting a lot of money back. Again, paying for things in cash is a great way to spend less money because that $30 t-shirt that you're looking at, it's easier for your brain to say, oh yeah, just swipe the card and then you can take it home. But if you only have two 20s, it's harder to say, okay, well, after tax, that's going to be almost $40, and that's the rest of the cash that I have on me. And I don't really want to run all the way back out to the car to grab my cards, and also I wanted to get some pizza, so I can't get both. It's just an easy way of tricking your brain into being lazy and only spending the amount of money that you have. All right, let's talk quickly about college. Controversial statement. Student loans are bad. All loans are bad. A ton of people get loans for college and are still paying them off 10 to 20 years after they graduate. If you work during college, not full-time working, unless you're like really committed to not having debt when you get out, which is a good thing, by the way, but most students will work part-time, you'll develop amazing time management skills, and you're going to be in much better shape financially when you get out. Am I saying that you should never take out a student loan? No. Almost every single college student will end up with debt by the time they graduate. I am here to tell you that I, personally, am about to graduate with my master's. I have zero student loans. Did I work multiple jobs and full-time while I was in school full-time? Yes. Was it hard? Yes. Is it still hard and tiring? Yes. However, I still had time to go out. I still had time to hang out with my friends. Yes, it was a lot of late nights. Yes, it is still a lot of late nights. But I am graduating with no debt. And it feels really good. Now, that's not a flex. It's just me saying that you can do it. And a lot of people don't want to do it because it's a lot of work. However, I'm going to be able to do things like buy a house when I graduate. And I will be able to move wherever I want because I'm not going to have to worry about factoring in a $400 a month charge for my student loans. Can you do it? Absolutely. Is it hard? Absolutely. Can you not be as crazy as I am and just work part-time and have much less student loan debt when you get out? Absolutely. Please look at things like scholarships and grants. Filling out your FAFSA is so important. Start applying to scholarships and grants while you're still in high school. It will help you have more money when you graduate. You're only setting yourself up for success by applying to scholarships and grants. A lot of times, scholarships and grants 
are awarded to, they're always awarded to the people who apply for them. If you're the only person who applies for a scholarship or a grant, guess who's getting that money? It never hurts to apply. Again, is it going to take some time out of your day? Yeah, but it will help you in the future. So it never hurts to do that. Another college tip that I wish I was told more before I went to college. Go to a community college for your first two years. Your first two years of college is just going to be core classes. It's going to be your math. It's going to be your science. It's going to be statistics. It's going to be your history classes. None of those are going to be classes for your major. So once you get those two years out of the way, paying only anywhere between five and $10,000 a year for tuition instead of $25,000 a year, looking at you, Yukon, then transfer to whatever school you want to go to and take those cool classes for your major at the cool schools. If you're commuting, you get to eat home-cooked meals. Your parents will love, most of the time, that you're still at home. You'll get to avoid the freshman 15 if you're not staying at school eating ramen every single day. And you will be eating ramen every single day. (laughs) It's just what happens. Save yourself some money. Save yourself some time. Go to a community college for your first two years. Commute if you want to. Stay there if you want to. But paying less for your first two years means you can go and get out with less debt. And that's really our goal here, isn't it? (laughs) On this money-saving podcast. (laughs) I've talked about being an impulse buyer. If you are an impulse buyer, like I am, leaving your cards in the car and only taking cash in is a great way to make sure that you literally cannot spend more than you want to unless you really want to run all the way back out to the car to grab your cards and then run all the way back in. And by then, your brain is probably going to tell you that it's not worth getting whatever it is that you wanted immediately. It's very difficult to overspend when you're handing away your money and you're not getting a lot of money back. Again, paying for things in cash is a great way to spend less money because that $30 t-shirt that you're looking at It's easier for your brain to say, oh yeah, just swipe the card and then you can take it home. But if you only have two 20s, it's harder to say, okay, well, after tax, that's going to be almost $40 and that's the rest of the cash that I have on me. And I don't really want to run all the way back out to the car to grab my cards. And also I wanted to get some pizza. So I can't get both. It's just an easy way of tricking your brain into being lazy and only spending the amount of money that you have. All right, let's talk quickly about college. Controversial statement. Student loans are bad. All loans are bad. A ton of people get loans for college and are still paying them off 10 to 20 years after they graduate. If you work during college, not full-time working, unless you're like really committed to not having debt when you get out, which is a good thing, by the way, but most students will work part-time, you'll develop amazing time management skills, and you're going to be in much better shape financially when you get out. Am I saying that you should never take out a student loan? No. Almost every single college student will end up with debt by the time they graduate. 
I am here to tell you that I personally am about to graduate with my master's. I have zero student loans. Did I work multiple jobs and full-time while I was in school full-time? Yes. Was it hard? Yes. Is it still hard and tiring? Yes. However, I still had time to go out. I still had time to hang out with my friends. Yes, it was a lot of late nights. Yes, it is still a lot of late nights. But I am graduating with no debt. And it feels really good. Now, that's not a flex. It's just me saying that you can do it. And a lot of people don't want to do it because it's a lot of work. However, I'm going to be able to do things like buy a house when I graduate. And I will be able to move wherever I want because I'm not going to have to worry about factoring in a $400 a month charge for my student loans. Can you do it? Absolutely. Is it hard? Absolutely. Can you not be as crazy as I am and just work part-time and have much less student loan debt when you get out? Absolutely. Please look at things like scholarships and grants. Filling out your FAFSA is so important. Start applying to scholarships and grants while you're still in high school. It will help you have more money when you graduate. You're only setting yourself up for success by applying to scholarships and grants. A lot of times, scholarships and grants are awarded to, they're always awarded to the people who apply for them. If you're the only person who applies for a scholarship or a grant, guess who's getting that money? It never hurts to apply. Again, is it going to take some time out of your day? Yeah, but it will help you in the future. So it never hurts to do that. Another college tip that I wish I was told more before I went to college. Go to a community college for your first two years. Your first two years of college is just going to be core classes. It's going to be your math. It's going to be your science. It's going to be statistics. It's going to be your history classes. None of those are going to be classes for your major. So once you get those two years out of the way, paying only anywhere between five dollars and $10,000 a year for tuition instead of $25,000 a year, looking at you, UConn, then transfer to whatever school you want to go to and take those cool classes for your major at the cool schools. If you're commuting, you get to eat home-cooked meals. Your parents will love, most of the time, that you're still at home. You'll get to avoid the freshman 15 if you're not staying at school eating ramen every single day. And you will be eating ramen every single day. <laughs> it's just what happens. Save yourself some money, save yourself some time, go to a community college for your first two years, commute if you want to, stay there if you want to. But paying less for your first two years means you can go and get out with less debt. And that's really our goal here, isn't it? <laughs> On this money saving podcast. 